Today, this second Sunday of Lent, where we read in the Gospel of the Transfiguration, you may remember that we also celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration on August 6th each year. So why is it that we celebrate the Transfiguration twice? This first time, this Lenten memorial makes sense in terms of a natural timeline. Since Jesus references his resurrection from the dead as he warns the three disciples to tell no one what you have seen. It has bearing on the upcoming events of Holy Week and Easter. The tradition of the church is that Jesus permitted Peter, James, and John to see his glory in order to strengthen their faith against the dark days which lied ahead. St. Leo talks about this in the Office of Readings. The great reason for this transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of his disciples and to prevent the humiliation of his voluntary sufferings from disturbing the faith of those who had witnessed the surpassing glory that lay concealed. We see that clearly it did strengthen the faith of John, who after his initial flight of fear in Gethsemane came back to follow the way of the cross. And in Peter, who profoundly repented his cowardice denial almost immediately, and later would strengthen the faith of his brothers, and in James, who would become the first apostle to be martyred. So the transfiguration was the process by which Jesus changed form or appearance, where Jesus allowed Peter, James, and John a glimpse of his true glory. They saw a cross to the other side. They experienced the true glory of Christ. Now, as we go deeper into this Lenten season, we should ask ourselves, have we seen the glory of Christ? Have we looked across to the other side and glimpsed God's glory? I believe that it is essential that we too have this experience, the experience that Peter, James, and John had. For just as this experience helps sustain these three apostles, it will sustain us so that we do not become easily overwhelmed by the discouragements and disappointments that life brings, especially with all that is going on in our communities and in our country and in the world, with all the division, the separation, the infighting, the pandemic, the violence. We could go on and on with all this negativity. It is ever more important that we not allow ourselves to be overwhelmed. It is only when we glimpse the glory and experience the joy of God that we can truly know that our sufferings are worth it. That we can believe for ourselves Paul's words in his letters to the Roman. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed to us. And in the second letter to the Corinthians where he tells us, for this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Have you glimpsed the glory of God? Do you even expect to experience it? Again, I would say it is essential, and if we have not, then we should ask for this wondrous gift. Of course, this is not something we can demand, but we can indeed ask. 
And then we should note that God may give us this glimpse, this vision, in the same way, or at least using the same steps that were given to Peter, James, and John. In today's gospel, we see four basic ways in which God ushers in, clarifies, grants, and helps to grow this vision. First, the climb. Just as Peter took Peter, just as Jesus took Peter, James, and John and went up the mountain to pray, the vision they saw came only after they had made a long and probably difficult climb. So it is with us in our lives. We know that suffering and difficulties usually bring about new vision, new ways of looking at things, and they bring a deeper understanding. Suffering is not something we enjoy, but it is part of the climb. And though we may think that we want a smooth side of the mountain to climb, we can realize that the smooth side of the mountain can be very difficult to climb because there is no grip, no place to grab, and, no, and to find a foothold. It is the rough side of the mountain that allows us the ability to ascend. So it is with life. A smooth life may make it more difficult to reach our goal, to get to the top of the mountain. At the top, there is a vision to experience, but to get us there, the Lord often allows us to climb up the rough side of the mountain. This is what it takes to have vision. Second, the clarification. The word clarification can mean both the brilliant glory shining forth from Christ and the making of things clear. You may remember that Moses and Elijah, who are present conversing with Jesus, represent the law and the prophets. So it can be said that they represent Scripture. Part of what we need to do is to know Jesus better, to know his word, for he is the word. As we grow in knowledge of Scripture, our understanding grows. This in turn helps us to see things differently. This gives us vision. It shines light on the meaning of our life. It shows us that God is always there and that he cannot fail. It is through the scriptures that the heavens open up and the glory of God is revealed. Through scripture, God clarifies all things. Third, to contemplation. This is the moment of vision. Through the rough climb and suffering and in the immersion in his word, God often grants us this vision. Just like when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus' glory, and at the point they became fully awake, this is but a glimpse for them. There are still mountains to climb. For them, it was the Paschal mystery, the climb towards Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, and all the struggles that were to come. It is the same for any of us, who are blessed to get a glimpse, however small it may be, a glimpse of glory. We know that there are still mountains for us to climb, but we need to remember those glimpses so that they can help to sustain us in difficult times, just as it sustained the apostles. And the fourth, the command. The vision has been wonderful, but with the vision of Christ's glory comes direction as well. Peter, James, and John, and in turn, all of us, have been given the direction, the command, from God the Father. 
This is my beloved son, listen to him. This direction not only completes the vision, it gives us the opportunity for future, even greater vision. These are the four basic ways in which God ushers in, clarifies, grants, and helps to grow this vision. As I stated earlier, we also celebrate the Transfiguration in its own feast on August 6th as the Feast of the Transfiguration. For it is on August 6th that the Church of the Transfiguration, built on Mount Tabor, where this gospel event took place, was originally dedicated on that specific date. But another good reason for having a feast outside of Lent is to give this event a liturgy that can more fully celebrate Jesus' transfigured glory with more joy and festivity than might be appropriate during Lent. Do we want to see? Then we need to, do, need to be willing to make the climb. We need to immerse ourselves in scriptures so we can gain clarification. We need to contemplate so we are open to glimpse his glory. We need to follow the Father's command and listen to the Son. We need to take up our cross and follow him through his passion, death, and resurrection, knowing that his greatest vision for us still lies ahead. Today's gospel allows us this glimpse of the transfiguration of the glory of Christ Jesus, and it can provide us with hope and strengthen us as we continue into this Lenten season. But for now, we celebrate this event, the Transfiguration, in a more subdued way here today. And then we return to our somber, somber Lent tomorrow. May God grant us vision.